This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. If you listen to this podcast for a while, you may have heard me say before that recording your jazz playing is a great idea, but I probably haven't really dug deep into why recording your jazz playing can actually have exponential benefits as far as you getting a lot out of your practice sessions and speeding up the progress of your jazz improv, jazz comping skills in general. So in this episode, we're going to dive into that. We're going to go over six reasons why recording yourself is going to be really helpful for you in your jazz playing, as well as some tips for recording yourself at the end. Let's do this thing. Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host, he's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. Hey, what's up, everybody? Brent here from Learn Jazz Standards, where we help musicians just like you learn how to play jazz all while shortening the learning curve, no matter what instrument you play. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Uh, Hope you're doing well, my friends. Uh, Always excited to be here. And we're talking about recording yourself today. Now, this is a topic that uh, is actually really, really important. It's something that some of my students, especially my inner circle students, have found incredibly beneficial for their jazz playing on a multitude of different levels. And that's what I'm going to talk about today is the benefits of recording yourself as well as a few tips for recording yourself at the end of this episode. Uh, by the way, a little news update about the podcast. If you're uh, you know, a fan of the podcast, you may have noticed that last Friday we came out with a quick win episode of the show. Now, this is something new that we're doing. We're really excited about doing it. Uh, Basically, we're doing just shorter episodes every single Friday, so two episodes per week, the Monday one, regular one that you're listening to right now, and the Friday one. And the idea of the quick win episode is just to give you something very tangible that you can learn, that you can play, that you can take away with you right away, and a little bit of a shorter podcast form context. The other fun thing about this quick win episode is that we're also doing a video version version of the episode. So if you go to learnjazzstandards.com, you can always just click on the podcast tab and see uh, the the list of episodes. Any quick win episode you you, you click on, you'll also be able to see that uh, in video form. And also we're publishing that on our Facebook page and on our uh, Facebook group, as well as publishing a YouTube video of it. So if you are on YouTube as well, that's another good option for watching our Quick Win podcast episode. So um, that's just a little fun thing to know about and uh, to just look forward to. We have another great Quick Win episode this upcoming Friday. So to still uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, and of course, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts to make sure you never miss out on any of them. All right, before we jump into those six reasons why you should record yourself and some tips, 
This podcast is sponsored by our very own LGS Inner Circle membership. This is where you learn new jazz standards every single month in our jazz standard study. We have amazing practice program courses. We have monthly live Q&A sessions. Uh, We have basics 101 courses to fill in the gaps in your musical knowledge, including one we just made called How to Record Yourself 101, since that's a huge important part of our Inner Circle membership. So uh, this is a really powerhouse membership we have over a thousand members who are just getting huge results uh, every single week, every single month. Uh, you listen to the members that are, you know, been with us for over a year, and it's just really astounding the progress they've made. So uh, I would definitely love for you to check it out. Go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com. See if it's a good fit for you. It probably is. If you play a melodic instrument or even a comping instrument like guitar, piano. So we'd love to see you in there. All right. So let's get on to the reasons why you should record yourself and some tips. All right, so reason number one for recording your jazz playing and how it is incredibly important and powerful for your success as a jazz musician is you are documenting your progress. So reason number one, you are documenting your progress. Um, This one is not to be underestimated uh, by any means. What we oftentimes feel like is that we're at a plateau in our jazz playing and we're not improving uh, or we're not improving fast enough. Uh, or we just feel confused because we don't know what we've been doing. We don't know where we're going, and therefore it leads to frustration, demotivation, and demotivation leads to not practicing at all. And then, of course, you're definitely not going to be improving as a jazz musician. You're missing out on that inner desire you have to improvise and comp and play amazing bass lines, right? So we want to document our progress so that we do know where we've come from, and we do know where we're going. Um, I always like to use the analogy of, you know, if you had a baby, right, or if you had a child, and maybe many of you listening have had a kid before, uh, you're really close to the situation where the the progression of their growth as a human being is is kind of slow. Like you're definitely seeing them grow because kids do grow fast, right? But um, you know, you're, you're they're they're aging a lot slower to you than someone who maybe hasn't hasn't seen your kid in like a year or two years, right? And they're seeing them for the first time in that long. And they're like, wow, look how big that kid has grown, right? Because they're so far away from the situation and you're so close to the situation that you don't see those changes in such an extreme way. And that's the same for your jazz playing as well, right? You're so in it that it's difficult for you to see where you've come from or where you're going. A great example of of someone who's documented their progress is one of our members who's been around for uh, over a year uh, in the inner circle. And he uh, did a little exercise that has kind of become popular in our inner circle membership, which is those who have been around for a year longer, they'll record a jazz standard club study. We we learn a new jazz standard every single month in our jazz standards club. And they'll record the, the same recording that they did one year later. So they recorded themselves when they were working and studying the jazz standard, improvising and playing the head. And then a year later, they are re-recording themselves to listen back to what's going on. And uh, pretty much almost without fail, when when I hear these recordings, the uh, the progress is monumental. Like There's just so much growth that's happened, um, even if it's in subtle ways. 
that just automatically makes their jazz solos sound way tighter and more professional and less amateur, right? So by documenting that progress, they've been able to see that progression of where they're going. Um, and another thing that's happening as well is in our inner circle membership, a lot of our members are recording themselves all the time. And when we're hearing that progress, we can kind of see, okay, well, this is where I was this month and this is where I am next month. So that's just the most basic reason for recording yourself is documenting your progress. And I'll give some tips at the end of how we can uh, organize that. Okay. Reason number two is you're simulating a performance environment. Okay. Reason number two, you're simulating a performance environment. So how many times have you gone up to go to a jam session or even performed for just some friends or family um, or a gig perhaps, and you are just overwhelmed with performance anxiety, right? You have nerves, you're, you know, you're worried, your head's spinning. Um, and perhaps because of the result of those nerves, you're actually messing up quite a bit. Maybe you got lost in the form because your head is just not relaxed. You're, you're not relaxed in general. So obviously the best way to help you overcome performance anxiety is really to practice performing, right? Um, and we're going to be coming out with a quick win episode about that in the future. But what I want to talk more about is the idea of using recording yourself to help you simulate that performance. And anyone who has recorded themselves before in any capacity, um, whether it's just by yourself or even in a studio environment, you'll have felt that that rush of adrenaline when you hit the record button and you start playing. Immediately, you're more inside of your head. You're more conscious of what you're actually playing. And you just generally are just like, well, I want to make sure I play something good so that when I listen back, I'm happy with the result. So this is a little bit of anxiety happening here when we record ourselves. Now, the thing is, when we get used to recording ourselves on a regular basis, we start to overcome some of this fear and anxiety, right? We start to get used to hearing ourselves play. We start to accept our playing more, like just being like, hey, this is what I'm good at and here's where I'm not good at. And you don't cringe as much as you used to. And in general, like you just sort of let go a little bit more and you don't uh, fidget as much when you're starting to record. So the more you practice recording, the better at recording you get. But also it's kind of working in your favor towards performing, which is really what most of us are trying to do with jazz. So we're trying to at least play with one other person or two other people, but we don't want to feel like we're in our heads and anxious. So recording yourself is a, a step lower or so from that, and it can really be helpful. Um, I would even say that if you're in a recording studio situation, I've had this before where I've been in a, in a recording studio, um, and I almost feel like that's even more intense to me and way more uh, psychological than actually a live performance, depending on what that live performance is, because you're just so, you, you know that that's going to be documented for all time, right? Um, and, you know, who knows what happens with that album? Maybe it's being produced somewhere or sold somewhere, right? So you're really worried about that. So recording is a great way to simulate a performance environment and work on that psychological aspect that can oftentimes hold us back and cause us to stumble and make mistakes, all right? All right, let's go to number three is which is it encourages repetition okay and because it does help us simulate a performance environment and we want to do well 
it encourages us to, to encourages us to rep, uh, repeat things over and over again to practice repetition. So we may have let certain things slide in the past where I keep fumbling up that lick, um, and I'm and that's okay. Or you played the lick well a few times, and now you think you got it. But when you actually try to record yourself, you immediately realize whether you're good at playing that lick or that line or that jazz solo or that melody. You really know because it just sort of just puts a big spotlight on it. Um, an example for me today is I'm recording a bunch of YouTube videos and quick win podcast episode videos, and I was working through some licks that I composed a long time ago, but using them for these upcoming videos. And I practiced them a few times thinking I, I sort of had it. As soon as I turned on the camera and started recording everything, I immediately realized I did not know it as well as possible. I had to turn everything off and rehearse and rehearse and rehearse until I felt very comfortable playing that lick. Again, because the 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 performance environment I'm simulating by recording myself, especially for me because I'm putting it out in front of thousands and thousands and thousands of people, it brings on this extra anxiety, which means, hey, I actually don't know this lick as well as I need to to perform it. So now I have to step back and repeat it and repeat it some more, and practice it some more. So it really encourages that. We want that to happen. We want to know things deeply because that's when we do get up to the jam session and and playing with other people where we start to feel more comfortable because we've done the work ahead of time and we truly knew the material. Okay, so that's reason number three. It does encourage this repetition in our practicing. Okay, Uh, reason number four is you can identify the things that you're actually good at. Okay. Now, this is one that most people don't usually think about first uh, in the order of reason number four and reason number five I'm going through. But reason number four here is identifying what you're good at. And I like to always start with this whenever I'm analyzing my own recordings because the temptation is to kind of go to what's going wrong, right? Um, but let's let's just focus the attention on what's going right because actually some of the the biggest gold is actually in what you love about your playing already. Even if you don't like your playing in general, if you really start digging deep, you will find where there is something that is going for you. And what we want to do there is we want to lean even harder into that. So for example, you may like just some of the melodic movement of your solos. You may like your rhythmic ability. You may like um, a certain uh, line or idea that just kind of keeps popping out for you naturally. And that right there is sort of like a pause moment and go, whoa, what is that? Let's do more of that because that could be your secret weapon for jazz improv, for comping, for your bass lines, um, whatever it happens to be. Like that could be your secret weapon that if you take that and you manipulate it and you work it even more and you go, hey, if I could get that vibe of what I'm playing right there and to all the other stuff that I'm doing, like imagine what my solos would sound like. They would sound so much more alive. They would sound so much more like me, right? They would sound original to you. So um, recording yourself really is helps you highlight that because you might be playing live in the moment and you're just so focused on playing what you're playing that you're not really listening to everything that's good. Like there may be moments when you're playing where you feel good, but it isn't until we've listened back to a recording of ourselves and gone, oh, hey, wait a second, that was a, a small moment of genius right there. I want more of that, that we can really identify that and make it useful, Right. Instead of just glossing over it, we're like, oh, sweet, that's something that's really awesome. 
let's take that through all 12 keys. Um, let's see if I apply that to a different chord progression. Um, oh, let's just take that small concept that I just, I realized I'm doing and apply that to other aspects and jazz standards, right? That's the kind of work we can start doing when we're recording ourselves. is leaning in to those elements that we're really good at. Again, a lot of people don't think about this part. They kind of just go straight to the, the part of like, Hey, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> right. Which is helpful. And we'll talk about that next, but Really, I almost feel like looking at what you're doing right is almost even more beneficial than the other way around. Because again, like we're trying to do something well. We're trying to we're trying to get our inner creative genius out, right? And and every one of us has an unfair advantage as a creator, as a musician. And we just need to find that and really capitalize on that. Okay. So that's uh that's number four. You can identify the things that you're really good at more easily. Okay, um, number five, and you probably guess which one this is, and this is you're able to identify the things that you need to work on more easily, right? So you may be playing again in the moment and you're like thinking to yourself, oh, I don't like what I just did. I don't feel good about that. Um, but what is that, right? I mean, how often have we just been playing and you're just like, ah, oh, Matt, I just sank right back into that same scale I always play. Um, or you're just like, oh, I don't even, I must have hit the wrong notes there. You know, think about all the things that you've criticized yourself over when you're just playing in the moment. But then when you record yourself, um, you can hear those things not only more clearly, right? But you're also able to start identifying exactly what went wrong. So yeah, you might think to yourself, um, Hey, I sink back into that old scale that I used to always play, but what part of the song do I keep going back to the scale that I'm used to instead of the chord tones I've been working on targeting, right? Because actually maybe that detail is actually super important. Well, I keep going to scales on this one part because I actually don't know, I haven't really identified the chord tones well enough there, or I actually don't know any jazz language to play there. Aha, right? So we've realized what our weakness is, and then we can start pinpointing exactly why we made that behavior and how we can change it. Another great example could be, um, I played the wrong notes, right? That's a very common one. I keep playing the wrong notes here or the, not, the wrong notes there. Well, what were those wrong notes, right? Because if you're hitting the wrong notes, then we just need to figure out what the quote unquote right notes are. And even more importantly, how do we turn the wrong notes that you just played into right notes by simply resolving them to a quote unquote right note, right? A note that actually fits within the key center or, or whatnot. Because right, you could play all of the wrong notes but then if you like resolve it melodically to notes that are, again, quote unquote, the right notes in the key, then it's going to sound amazing. In fact, you could sound like a jazz genius if you do it that way, right? So sometimes you can even capitalize on your mistakes. So being able to identify your mistakes in the first place and why you're making them, why you're playing the wrong notes, is it because you don't know something that you need to know? So what is it that you need to know? And then you can go and practice it, right? That's what we need to do. But so many of us are just kind of glossing over the mistakes. We're just kind of going like, okay, I didn't like what I played. I don't know why, but let's keep going, right? And we're wasting, you know, hours, days, weeks, months, I mean, even years of our time by doing this. We're just noodling and playing our instrument, not really thinking about what we're doing. We're just accepting what we've done. And by diving into a recording of ourselves, we're able to see. And also even a video recording of yourself can help identify problems you're having. For example, um, 
I, I once recorded myself and I noticed that my, my posture playing the guitar was very unrelaxed, right? So ever since then, and, and because some teachers pointed out to me as well, I have made a conscious effort to try to remember that, right? Because if I'm tensed up really hard and my, my shoulders are up to my neck, that's kind of what I'm portraying on my instrument. And it's even making it harder technically for me to play what I want to play, right? So video can sometimes be a good way to record yourself to identify, you know, physical issues with your technique that may be causing you to mess up or not play as fast as you want or not execute the ideas you want, right? Okay, so that's number five, identify the things that you need to work on more easily. Okay, um, number six is actually a really fun one that may not necessarily pertain to you right now, but it could if you're a part of any kind of uh, community. So one thing, for example, the best example I can give is in our inner circle membership. I mentioned before something that we encourage and many of our members do very regularly is record themselves. So whether it be um, an exercise, uh, uh, them improvising over a jazz standard, right? Um, working on a specific lick or an idea, um, you know, these are the kinds of things that people are recording themselves on with a daily basis sometimes. And when this happens in a community, then other people can listen to what you're doing and give you encouragement, number one, right? Because we, we need encouragement, right? Sometimes we're just, if we're just by ourselves all the time practicing and not getting recognized for it at all, that can get kind of discouraging or just not, you know, being maybe too hypercritical of yourself, but then someone else listens and is like, hey, good job, way to practice, way to do this, way to put in the effort. Oh, hey, cool. I heard this one thing you did and that was awesome, right? So number one is you can get encouragement from other people when you record yourself and share it with them. And number two, you can get constructive criticism, you know, hopefully in a supportive community like we have in the inner circle where it's like no bad vibes at all. Um, hopefully you're in a community like that. Um, but you can you can get constructive criticism where someone says, hey, I really like what you did here and here. One thing I noticed, though, is you're kind of dragging a little bit. And so that kind of threw me off a little bit. I bet you would feel a lot better if you just kind of nailed the beats a little bit more. Or, hey, I noticed that you keep missing that chord change over here. Maybe that bar would be a helpful area for you just to keep exploring a little bit further. So in other words, we're not relying just on ourselves anymore to help us train and become better musicians and improve. We're using a hive mind a mastermind of people that can help us grow and and work together, right? And then, of course, also, if you're able to see other people recording themselves, that's motivating, right? Motivation is a big part of improving as a jazz musician because we all kind of know, you know, in music in general, it's kind of a long-term, long-game thing. Like if you're just saying, hey, in the next month, I want to go from zero to hero, um, I highly doubt that's going to happen for you. I, I mean, I bet you're going to improve in a month. I can guarantee if you're working on the right things the right way, um, then you're probably going to improve. But are you going to go to, you know, a uh, complete beginner to like jazz master? Probably not, right? I mean, I'm still very much so on my journey. So um, this is a long-term thing. So motivation is really helpful. So number six is you can get feedback from a community if you're part of a jazz community um, to do that. So again, whether it's a Facebook group that you're a part of, um, there are definitely some jazz Facebook groups out there, including Learn Jazz Standards. We have a free one. Um, there are, of course, jam sessions. It's not necessarily recording yourself, but it is a community still. 
Um, but yeah, or, or yeah, like an online membership, like the inner circle is a great example of a community that you can get a part of that. Um, I don't know how to say it other than it just kind of lifts you up higher, right? Um, it just, it helps you become better. It helps you, uh, enjoy your experience more. So that's number six. Okay. So now some quick tips for recording yourself. Um, well, actually, before we do go over the quick tips, let me just go ahead and like, summarize all this so that you can keep this logged in your memory. So number one was uh, it helps you document your progress. Number two was it helps simulate a performance in- environment, right? To work on those nerves. Number three, encourages repetition, right? Because you're nervous, because there's pressure, you want to really get things down better. Um, number four was you can identify the things that you're actually good at. Number five was you can identify the things that you need to work on more. And number six was you can get feedback from a community if you're a part of a community. So tips for recording now. So first of all, here's the biggest tip I can possibly give you. And that is keep it simple. (laughs) And when I say keep it simple, the simplest way you can record yourself is by taking out your smartphone, okay? Taking out your smartphone and using either your video recorder or your audio recorder. That's all you need to do. Like people make this such a big deal. They go, okay, in order to record myself, especially if they want to record themselves and share it in a community, they think that it has to be, you know, really professional grade studio sound. They have to have all the right software on the computer. They have to have, you know, audio interfaces. They have to have the right microphones. Um, otherwise, I'm just not going to record myself, right? Or great video equipment. Absolutely not. That's not the point. Like if you listen to everything I just said, the six reasons I just gave you, none of them include creating a great, amazing recording. The main thing is we just want to be able to hear you, right? You want to be able to hear yourself or see yourself, right? So as long as it's quality enough and pretty much any smartphone, which you know 95% of us have one, will have high enough quality of audio and video to make it completely doable for all the things we're trying to do. Um and then if you want to improve your your recording and stuff, you can do that, right? So if you want to do that, how do you do it? Well, there's a few different ways. So if you want to uh, record directly into your, your, into your computer, then what you're going to need is a microphone. So that could be just a $99 sure vocal microphone could do the trick if you're a saxophone player, right? Um, if you're a guitar player or a piano player, um, or really actually, even if you have a microphone going in, you're gonna need an audio interface. So like an M box or, um, you know, a- any audio interface, you can find the cheap ones that have just one input on Amazon if you want, right? So that way you have something to pick up your sound, the microphone going into your computer through an audio interface. And then you can just use a free editing software like, uh, um, like Audacity or GarageBand if you're on mic, uh, Mac, right? Rather, so you know, pretty pretty easy, Pre- pretty easy stuff. I mean, again, that might be too complicated for you. So if that is, then forget about it. Just go with your phone. That's that's all we need to start with. Another thing you could do as well if you want to record in, into your computer is um, just get a USB microphone and just record directly from your USB microphone into whatever you're using to record yourself. Again. Uh, uh, garage band works just fine if you have a Mac. So, uh, that, that can be another cheap way to go to get sound into your computer. Right. So those are the tips that I would give you now, as far as like, that's just the recording side, but as far as like the documenting your progress side of recording, what I'd recommend doing is actually keeping a library of your, your recordings. So whether that be a library within a community, 
right? That you are an online community where like your recordings are being saved somewhere or whether it be on your computer or both. So what I would do is I would set up a master folder on your computer, just recordings of yourself and put like folders that have dates on them. This is January, 2021, right? This is March, 2021. I mean, and so within that you can further, you know, put like categories, like this is me improvising over this jazz standard. This is me improvising over, uh, you know, this particular exercise. And then that way you can go back and look at your progress over time by going back to those and saying, oh yeah, I, I recorded that jazz standard. Here's how I sound now. Here's how I sound then. So that way you're keeping good track of all your recordings and your progress and what you're actually doing. And this can be really helpful. So that's some organizational tips I would give you as well. Okay, so the main bottom line, the thing that I want you to take away from this episode today is to just press record. Just press record. Like just start recording yourself, even if it's not perfect, right? Because we sometimes we're waiting to record ourselves until we're just quote unquote better at playing jazz or better at improvising or know what we're doing more. Well, that's not going to help us. Like how can we know what to do better if we're not at least trying? So record yourself today. Well, my big call to action for you is just to start recording yourself, see what happens and just start by using it for yourself and going through some of those six different reasons that I just gave you. All right, that's all for today's show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate you. Um, like I said, uh, we do have an environment in the inner circle where we record ourselves frequently, and it's a very open and accepting and non judgmental environment. So it's really perfect for recording yourself and learning. Um, so I would check that out. And, you know, a great way to get started is, is simply by joining a community like the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. So go to ljsinnercircle.com. Maybe you've been thinking about it for a while. Well, just do it this time, right? ljsinnercircle.com. Give it a try. And uh, we'd love to have you join us and grow alongside of us. All right. We're going to be coming out with a quick win episode this Friday that I think you're going to really enjoy. So make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and we'll see you back then. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the LJS podcast brought to you by LearnJazzStandards.com. Subscribe to the series on iTunes and don't forget to join our jazz community at LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash newsletter. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.